Hello, I'm Beth Fitenny, the director of the New York-based nonprofit Green Inside and Out and host of the Green Inside and Out podcast, where we cover environmental topics to keep you informed, inspired, and empowered to take action. This podcast is made possible by our awesome eco-friendly sponsors. Inspiration, positivity, holistic health, personal and spiritual growth. Know anyone that could use some? Creations Magazine has been inspiring the soul for 34 years. Each issue offers articles and poetry featuring seasonally related topics, including nutrition, relationships, yoga, meditation and introspection, men's and women's issues, and the environment. Visit creationsmagazine.com every week for new articles and for advertising and submissions. And Green Inside and Out thanks Creations Magazine for being a great partner and sponsor of this podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Green Inside and Out radio show here on WUSB.FM, where we talk about ways to live a greener lifestyle, reduce our impacts on the planet, and engage in impactful policy changes. Today, I am honored to have a terrific guest, Todd Larson, the Executive Co-Director for Green America. Todd Larson directs Green America's Corporate Responsibility and Consumer Engagement Programs. Green America's Corporate Responsibility Programs educate consumers and investors about the environmental and social records of major companies and encourage them to take action to promote greater responsibility. In addition, Green America provides tools and resources to companies to help consumers, businesses, and investors improve their impacts on people and the planet. Green America's campaigns succeeded in getting Hershey to address child labor in cocoa, Apple to reduce toxins in its factories, AT&T and Amazon.com to adopt renewable energy, 200 publishers to use recycled paper for their magazines, and over a dozen food companies to move to more sustainable food production. Todd has over 20 years of experience in public education and corporate campaign work and has a master's degree in political science from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. So welcome, Todd. Thank you for having me today. This is wonderful. I'm so honored. It's really exciting. I've been, you know, seeing the, the national green pages for years. So, so happy to be able to provide a forum for Green America on this show. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for having me this evening. So aside from, from greenies like me, in case our general listeners um, don't know what Green America does, tell us about what is Green America and, and what's unique about your work. Yeah, well, Green America is a national nonprofit organization. We've been around for about 35 years. And I think what's special about Green America is we call ourselves a green economy organization. So all of our work is with consumers and businesses and investors to try and build the economy that we need uh, to create a sustainable world going forward. And for us, green always means both social justice and environmental sustainability at the same time. Those two things have to be twinned together because if you aren't taking care of people, you can't really take care of the planet and vice versa. So that's sort of where our work comes from, is from that perspective of building a green economy. And I think part of what makes us really unique is that we do talk to people as individuals and you know, give them ideas about how they can green their lives, how they can green their jobs, um, and how they can share that with other people in their community. And then we mobilize those individuals to try and create change in the broader world. So trying to get large corporations to change their conduct as well. And I think another thing that's kind of unique about Green America is we actually have a network 
small green businesses across the country. So we certify these businesses as the greenest ones in the country. And that way we can let consumers know if you need to buy a product or you need to get a service and you don't know where to go, you don't know what's truly green versus greenwashed, you can trust the certification and the companies that we're promoting to you because they're all really green companies. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate the work that Green America has done over the years on green investing, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. But that's also something very unique that Green America offers. So we'll talk about that. But, but starting off also, um, obviously, we're seeing these fires occurring in, in the West Coast right now. Um, and the climate change being of major, major importance. And I know that's something that Green America works on. So what, what is Green America doing to address the climate crisis at this point? Sure, well, <clears throat> it is the, one of the biggest crises of our time and will continue to be so. And I think, um, like you say, it's pretty much settled now. I, I think more and more Americans are accepting that yes, not only is climate change real, but the impacts are happening right now and we need to do something about it soon. And you can particularly see that with people under the age of like 35. <laughs> they're, they're really seeing their future and saying, we really have to act on this. So that's exciting because, you know, when I started in this work 20 years ago, most people didn't know that much about climate change and they weren't very active on it. But now we're seeing a groundswell of folks. And that's really helpful for organizations like ours when we try and create change uh, around climate change. And so our role in climate change is two things, one of which is we have to reduce the emissions that are going into the atmosphere in the first place. So if we're really going to keep the planet from warming more than two degrees uh, centigrade, uh, we have to really cut our emissions down to zero um, in the next 30 years. There's just no way around it. In order to do that, we have to be really aggressive about how we produce energy in this country. So one of the big things that Green America works on is trying to get large corporations to move all of their energy consumption over to green energy. So wind and solar with battery backup storage, for example, we're really trying to push big companies who use massive amounts of energy into renewables. For example, uh, we have a campaign called Hang Up on Fossil Fuels, and it targets AT&T, Verizon, uh, and just trying to get them to move their energy usage entirely to renewables because the telecom sector collectively uses about as much energy as all the households in New York City. So it's a big energy user. And <clears throat> before we started our campaign, the sector was using almost no renewable energy at all. So it was all coming from fossil fuels. And so we pushed hard on these companies. Originally they said, no, 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 there's no way we can do it. But now they're starting to move. Uh, so AT&T is probably about 25 to 30% of the way there, uh, 25 to 30% renewables. And Verizon's made a commitment to 50% renewables by 2025. Uh, T-Mobile is actually the star of the show. It's on its way to 100% renewables with Sprint, which it just merged with. They're gonna be at 100% renewables pretty soon, actually. So that's really exciting. So we push big companies like that and Amazon, uh, we try to get them to use renewable energy on a really accelerated scale. Another thing we're doing uh, to try and address the emissions going into the environment is that uh, we work with companies like Walmart to try and get them to change their refrigerants. Because most people don't realize that the refrigerants that we're using, those hydrofluorocarbons, HFCs, which came into use about 20 years ago, um, they actually are a huge climate change problem. They have the global warming potential about 9,000 times that of carbon dioxide. So any of the 
those HFCs, they leak into the atmosphere. They're hugely problematic. And Walmart, of course, is the largest retailer in the country. It's also the largest grocer in the country. They have huge refrigeration all over the country, but they're not moving off of HFCs to sustainable alternatives that would be better for the planet. So we have a campaign against Walmart to get them to uh, <coughs> aggressively move off of HFCs onto better refrigerants. That's the reducing of uh, what's causing climate change. On the other end of the spectrum, we're also working on something called regenerative agriculture. And the idea there is if you actually do farming in a way that nurtures soil, that soil will absorb carbon back into the soil out of the atmosphere. So the way we've been doing farming, we've been releasing carbon out of the soil, we've been destroying our soils. But if you actually do farming the right way, things like um, no-till, using cover crops, cutting down on the pesticides and all the fertilizers and so forth and doing things in a more natural way, it actually becomes a carbon sink. And we can actually draw down carbon from the atmosphere and counteract climate change that way. So we're very active in that area too with a number of large companies. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've actually been seeing some advertisements from Amazon declaring their, you know, commitment to reduce their emissions and, and move towards renewables, which I think is interesting that they, they're willing to put the money into showing that to people publicly, which is great. And, and I want all at the end of the show, we'll remind people to, to follow up on that Walmart campaign. So <laughs> hopefully we can get some more signers on your petitions. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, what can our listeners do to address the climate crisis in addition to signing, you know, engaging in your campaigns? Absolutely. Well, we do encourage people to start uh, in their own lives. And the reason we do that is that we find that when people take action uh, to do better by the planet in their own life, that makes them more likely to be activists in the long run because people who are green, they, they're like, hey, I'm greening my life. I'm doing everything I can to be green, but the rest of the world is not being green. <laughs> and that makes them want to be activists. So we often really do start with people like, hey, why don't you start with your own home? And I think there's some things there uh, that have huge impacts. And we really encourage people to focus on the things that have the biggest bang for the buck. So really your energy use in your home is one of them. So if you can possibly um, switch to solar power, either by putting solar power on your home, or you can purchase in most states, you're allowed to choose your energy provider. So you can choose who's selling you your electricity. And in those states, you always have an option of finding somebody who's only using wind or solar to generate the electricity. So you can just switch over that way. And that has a huge impact. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things you can do. Obviously, also making your home more energy efficient, because then you're using less energy in the first place. So we really encourage people to really do an audit of their home and see how they can cut down on their energy use. Uh, the next biggest thing is transportation. So a lot of people can't go car free. We understand that. <laughs> so we encourage people to drive less. And if you are driving, uh, and when you need to get a car, move over to an electric vehicle instead, uh, because the impacts are just so much lower with an electric vehicle. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I take it you're an electric vehicle owner. Yep. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, so moving to an electric vehicle and driving less, uh, obviously flying less, uh, trying to cut down on the flights that you have. And for those short journeys, taking the train instead of the plane makes a huge difference. Or even a bus, if you like to take the bus, is much better than taking the plane. 
we encourage people to do that. And the other area that people have a lot of control over is food. So we encourage people obviously cut down on food waste because when you're throwing out food, you're just creating methane and you're also just throwing away all of the carbon that went into making the food in the first place. So that's a climate catastrophe right there. So try not to waste food. And then when you do eat food, try to cut down on your meat consumption if your meat especially is coming from factory farms. <laughs> um, obviously there's other reasons to cut down your meat consumption. It's better. It's better for your health, it's better for the animals. I mean, there's all these good reasons. But if you're looking at it from a climate change perspective too, yeah, switching to a vegetarian or near vegetarian or vegan diet is far superior to eating meat and uh, animal products. So we encourage people to look at those things because those are the biggest impacts they can possibly have. Yeah, and you, you mentioned some of the work Green America is doing on agriculture and, um, and the way we grow food as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we have a few programs, one of which is aimed actually towards consumers. It's called Climate Victory Gardens. So we're bringing back victory gardens from World War II. Uh, those were for the war effort. We wanted to grow as much food as we could at home so that there'd be enough food for the um, soldiers overseas. This time around, we're encouraging people to plant a garden uh, for the climate. Because when you plant a garden, uh, there's several great advantages, of course, one of which is uh, you are sequestering carbon in the soil. You're cutting down on food miles because you don't have to travel anywhere to get those foods that you're taking out of your own garden. You can control your food the way you grow it so you can make it entirely organic and totally healthy for you and your family. And freshly harvested food is higher in vitamins and nutrients than food that travels a long way. So it's actually better for you as well. So that's what we do with individuals and communities is try and get them to do these climate victory gardens again. And then at the larger scale, we work with big companies. So companies like Gannon and Unilever, Ben and Jerry's part of Unilever. Um, <clears throat> we try and get them to adopt regenerative agriculture for their supply chains. So like a company like Danone, uh, big yogurt maker, big dairy maker, um, we've worked with them so that the feed that goes to their cows is grown regeneratively. The cows are actually pastured in a way that cuts down on their carbon. And so the entire supply chain becomes carbon neutral over time. And Dannon's goal is actually to be what they call carbon positive by 2025. They will actually um, be absorbing more carbon than they produce through their Horizon Dairy brand. Uh, so that's their organic dairy brand. That particular brand is gonna be carbon positive within the next five years. So that's a huge advance for the industry. Um, and hopefully it'll get a lot of the other industry players to come along as well. Wow. And yeah. And just quickly, what is regenerative, regenerative um, agriculture, just in case people don't know what that means? Well, besides being a tongue twister, <laughs> I think everybody stumbles over that one actually the first few times. Um, it's, it's basically a process by which you are enhancing soil health. So there's different things you can do to make for healthy soil. Um, if you don't till the soil, it stays healthier. So instead of like digging up the soil every year to plant, what you, what you can do is just put little holes in and put the plantings into the little holes. Um, and that doesn't disturb the soil and undisturbed soil is healthier and absorbs more carbon. Um, another thing you can do is plant crops throughout the year. So if you're planting wheat and then you harvest it, then you can plant a winter crop like rye. And if you keep constant crops going, that really helps too. And if you put like um, the residue of the crops down onto the earth and let them decay into the earth, that actually feeds the soil as well. 
Um, there are a whole bunch of other practices that go along with it, but the key is that it's not the kind of farming we've been doing, the industrialized agriculture that we've been doing for the last uh, 50 to 75 years in this country and around the world. That agriculture, you know, it produced fantastic yields for a period of time, but it was heavily dependent on chemical inputs. And it also treats the earth as if it's just dirt that you stick things in and then you just add chemicals to it to grow things in the dirt. But that's not really how the world is supposed to work. <laughs> the environmentally sound way to do it is to actually treat the earth as soil, nurture that soil, and that in turn will give you better crops and better uh, yields with less inputs. So farmers who actually move to regenerative agriculture, over time, they actually save a lot of money because they have to put a lot less fertilizers and pesticides into their production. They don't need them anymore. Um, and so it's, it's best, it's like a win for the farmers, it's a win for the world, uh, and it's good for consumers as well. I love it. When I first studied environmental studies in college at Connecticut College, my dear professor, William Nearing, used to say that, it's not dirt, it's soil. <laughs> Yeah, it's taken a long time to catch on, <laughs> but it's, it's true. There have been some real pioneers out there who've been saying this for years, and it's just so good to see so many farmers starting to listen. And, you know, farmers are in a crisis point in this country. They can't make a living anymore. A lot of them are going bankrupt. Uh, farmer suicides are going through the roof, unfortunately, and we need to do farming in a different way that's good for them, too. Yeah, absolutely. So I certainly encourage our listeners to go on your website at Green America to, to check out the campaigns on greener agriculture and how they themselves can eat healthier foods, like you said, more plant-based, choosing organic, local, growing their own victory gardens, wonderful, wonderful ideas. So, so getting back to what we were talking about at the beginning about green investing, um, what can people do to use their banking and investing to create a greener world? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people green their lives, but then they didn't think about their money um, and what their money is doing in the world. So, you know, we're all um, hopefully have some kind of savings. I know that's rough these years, but um, if you have a savings account and a checking account, that money can actually work for the world or it can work against the world. So if you're banking with a mega bank like Chase, uh, what Chase is doing is taking your money and it's investing in all kinds of things, which include things like fossil fuels. Um, and so that's not where you want your money to go. And you want your money to go into investing into communities. You want it to go into helping build those communities with services and housing and so forth. Then what you want to do is move your money into local community investing institutions. So those are like banks and credit unions that have a mission of investing into the community in a really positive way. Um, and we have a, a website, um, it's on our, um, our main website, we have a, a whole area of it that's dedicated to community investing. Uh, there's a, a section called Break Up With Your Mega Bank, and that talks about how you can actually move off of those large banks and, and the way to move forward. We also have a database uh, there of um, community investing options all across the country. So, you know, those credit unions, those banks, and, you know, you can just move your money to those, and it's not very hard to do. A lot of people, this is like the thing that they take the longest to do because they're afraid to do financial transactions. Um, they're just used to their bank and so forth, but it's actually not that hard to open a new account and just slowly move everything over. And once you do it, people write to us and they say, like, I'm so glad I finally moved my money out of you know, one of these big banks and put it into something where I know it's doing good. 
That's really great. Yeah, I use a credit union myself, so I'm glad to hear that I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do try to seek out um, socially responsible funds for any leftover funds I have to, to invest. Yeah. <laughs> work for not yeah. most of my life, but... But yeah, so it, I, I really appreciate that Green America provides such a, a great resource on that. So again, encourage our listeners to check out your website on that subject. And um, another topic very dear to my heart has to do with um, clothing. And, and this very closely relates to addressing labor abuses. So I know that your organization works to address labor issues um, so I was wondering if you can tell us, how do you support workers in the U.S. and abroad through your campaigns? Sure, yeah. Um, like I mentioned, we consider social justice to be foundational as much as environmental justice. And so if it's not good for the workers and for consumers, it's also not good for the world. Um, so we've had labor campaigns the entire time I've been at Green America. And some of our campaigns, like in the U.S., were really focused actually on Amazon. Uh, at the moment because Amazon is a major employer in the country and as you know they have all those fulfillment centers and um, they haven't been treating the workers in a way that protects their safety during COVID and when the workers speak out some of them have actually been fired for speaking out about practices in Amazon fulfillment centers so we're working with other organizations to support the workers uh, call attention to this and urge Amazon to actually protect its workers them fairly, um, to give them sick leave when they need it, paid sick leave. Um, and so that's one of the campaigns that we have. Um, we also focus a lot on sweatshops overseas. So, you know, over the last 40 years, 50 years, the United States shipped all of its manufacturing overseas and saved, companies saved a huge amount of money by doing that. But the working conditions overseas are even worse than in the United States. So we do have campaigns where we really are focused on trying to get companies to clean up their supply chains. We started with electronics, for example, where uh, there were a lot of workers who were actually being poisoned in the factories. So they were using chemicals as they were manufacturing things like smartphones. And those chemicals were destroying their health and they were getting cancers. Um, they were getting all kinds of reproductive problems. Um, so we ran a campaign that started with Apple to encourage them to clean up their act, and, and they did, actually. They've been removing a lot of the worst chemicals from their factories. And then we started a whole network of uh, tech companies together to clean up the entire industry. So they're working collaboratively on that to get um, toxic chemicals out of factories of uh, all these major tech companies. So that's pretty cool. And then we turned our attention to clothing, because as you know, <laughs> uh, clothing is a toxic disaster area. Um, it's about 20% of industrial pollution in the world comes from clothing and apparel, and about 10% of climate change comes from that sector as well. So <clears throat> we started with Carter's because they're the largest uh, children's clothing brand in the United States. Um, they sell a lot of clothes that go to kids. Or like, well, these kids are putting on clothes that are full of chemicals. That's, that's not good. That's not healthy for them. It's not healthy for the workers who made those clothes in the first place. So we've been pressuring Carter's. Uh, they, they actually did make some progress this year. They released a restricted substances list to protect the consumers of their products. So they're minimizing a lot of the worst chemicals than when you buy the clothing. But they haven't followed through to protect the workers. So those workers could still be exposed to chemicals. Uh, so we're really putting pressure on them now to protect their workers as well. That's terrific. I love it. It's, you know, and it, it, 
pressuring these companies to make change serves as such a great role model for other companies. So hopefully it will be like a domino effect. So yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Getting getting companies to move on worker rights is the hardest thing, actually. It's much easier to make them move on the environment because they actually ultimately can save money on a lot of environmental measures. But whenever you invest in your own workers, you're investing in humans, you probably aren't saving money. Um, you're probably spending more money and it's cutting into your profits. So that's why it's harder to get companies to move on issues that affect humans. Yeah, and I know um, Green Inside and Out here on Long Island certainly supports um, some of the local efforts to support farm worker rights. We've been mm -hmm. to a couple of um, local demonstrations and things like that, because it's all related, definitely all related. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> yeah, and, and farm workers are exposed to a lot of toxic pesticides, as you know. Yes, definitely, definitely, and don't have a lot of rights. So, you know, along those lines, actually, we're, we're seeing so much, um, you know, so many problems with uh, race relations in this country. And like we said, everything is related. So when it comes to environmental work and, and, and supporting uh, workers, what can we all do to support black communities in the United States from Green America's perspective? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot you can do. I mean, of course, first and foremost, you can join in the um, protests and the demonstrations, whether you do that in person or there's a lot of online activities that you can take part in to support um, you know, the rights of Black communities at this important time. Um, and then beyond that, we talk to people, your next step um, is that you can actually use your dollars to help uh, Black communities because there are a lot of Black businesses across the country that are really suffering. The closure rate for small businesses in Black communities is actually higher than the closure rate for small businesses overall during COVID. And that's a huge problem. We don't want to see those businesses close because they're the backbones of their communities, um, as well as the business owners need to run them to actually have a life. So we encourage people to look for Black-owned businesses. Um, and conveniently, there's a bunch of apps and websites out there that you can go to. And we have it on our website. We have a blog with all these resources on it. But there's like, for example, Eat Okra is an app you can put on your phone. And it tells you where Black-owned restaurants are near you. And you can filter it too. So if you're a vegetarian, you can say, I want ones that serve vegetarian food. And it'll tell you those. And so you can, anywhere you are in the country, you can find a place to eat that's owned by a, a Black-owned business. So that's pretty cool. You can support, there's um, farmers, uh, Black farmers out there who um, sell through CSAs. So, so if you can go uh, find local CSAs to you, you can specifically look for ones that are uh, Black-owned businesses as well. Uh, there's also minority deposit institutions across the country. Um, the um, federal government actually has a list of them, the Department of the Treasury. Uh, runs a listing of minority depository institutions. So you can bank uh, with an, or you know, one of those entities and you're supporting a Black-owned bank. Um, so there's lots of things like that you can do with your money in addition to standing up for folks' rights. Wow, that's great. That's, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So that's, that's good to hear. So, you know, as someone that works in the green movement, of course, I hear a lot from people that they, they want to go green, but they're not sure how to do it. Um, and, and sometimes they say, Am I, is this just greenwashing? How do I know if a product is really green? So how can we shift our spending more to be eco-friendly and, and sustainable? It's like, how do customer, uh, consumers know what's truly green versus what is greenwashed? 
Sure, sure. Well, of course, the first step is that uh, trying to cut down on your consumption overall, because the greenest thing you can do is to buy less, obviously. <laughs> um, so we really encourage people to look at that first. You actually need the thing that you're thinking of buying. If you wait three days, do you still actually want it? Um, we're encouraged to be impulse buyers, particularly online. It's just so easy with one click, you can buy anything you want. So we encourage people to get out of that mindset. But then when you do go to buy green, then um, the next thing we ask people to do is, can you buy it used? Because obviously buying used is greener than ever buying new. Um, and clothing comes used. Um, you can get some really nice stuff these days um, that people have only worn lightly. And so it looks pretty new. No one will ever know that it's used. Um, so we encourage people to do that. And things like furniture. I mean, buying a piece of well-made hardwood furniture from 50 years ago is vastly superior to buying you know, the current stuff from Ikea or something like that. So you're gonna get a better piece of furniture for the same price. So we really encourage people to buy used. Um, also doing trades and looking for, you know, like, um, like on my local community, people will say, I'm giving away this stuff. So if they're giving it away and that's what you wanted, that's ideal too. And then lastly, if you do need to buy new, we encourage people to really be careful who they buy from and carefully check out um, that company's uh, bona fides. So if you're buying clothing, for example, and you, you are buying new, you wanna look for organic, you know, organic cotton is superior, obviously, to regular cotton. <laughs> Considering how many uh, pesticides are used in cotton growth, it's just insane. Um, so, you know, looking for organic, looking for things like the blue sign certification, um, so that, you know, that that was processed in a way that's good for the planet. Um, there's a fair, there's fair trade certification for a number of clothes. And so that lets you know that the factory was actually certified. So that's, that's a good sign right there that that's superior. Um, so looking for companies that actually highlight that and more and more companies actually are doing so. I mean, obviously like Patagonia has been out there for a while doing these things, but you can even find like on North Face, you'll find some better quality stuff and they highlight it. This is Blue Sign certified. So wherever you're shopping, you know, try for that kind of stuff. And it's always best, of course, to buy from the absolute greenest businesses. So like in our network, there are clothing companies that are 100% committed to a responsible supply chain. And so buying from those kind of companies is obviously even better. Right, I think people are used to reading the labels maybe when they buy food, but um, it's also important <laughs> to do it with your clothing and your body care products and everything absolutely. else. <laughs> when you have yeah. to new. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And body care stuff is really confusing. So we recommend that people go to the Environmental Working Group's website. They do an amazing job. You just type in the product and it tells you whether they consider it safe or not and why. So, you know, that, that's really fast. We love EWG on this show. That's for sure. Yeah, they're amazing. <laughs> Green Inside and Out works a lot on toxins. So that was the last question um, I wanted to ask you is, um, for you know, Green America's perspective, how can we avoid toxic chemicals in our lives and get companies to remove the toxic chemicals from their products that we're using all the time? Yeah, um, well, like, like we were just saying, I mean, if you're looking at something like cleaning products or um, body care products, Environmental Working Group is a great place to go. Of course, if you're just doing cleaning products, you can actually just make your own. A lot of things are based in things like vinegar and so forth that you probably have around the house, and they actually work quite well. Um, so that's the safest thing to do is just make your own, obviously. Um, and then, yeah, definitely taking actions with groups who are working to get um, toxic chemicals out of the supply chain and protecting workers and so forth. 
So in addition to Green America, there's a group called Safer Chemicals Healthy Families, and they do an amazing job of trying to get companies to drop toxic chemicals out of their production lines, uh, make it safer for consumers to buy those products. Um, they have campaigns that span the range from like um, verbal goods, like, um, like television, getting the toxic chemicals out of that, at off gas, um, through like, um, you know, like they have a campaign on um, the fast food restaurants and making sure that there aren't toxic chemicals in the packaging and so forth of everything uh, with the fast food restaurants. Um, so there, there's groups like those, um, you know, we mentioned beyond pesticides, for example, supporting air work to get pesticides out of agriculture. Uh, there's so many groups that are doing great work on all this stuff. So we definitely encourage people to get active with them and if they can afford to donate, to donate to these groups. Absolutely. Do groups definitely need donations, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and look at Beyond Pesticides, so giving them a little shout out. We'll have to get them on this show one of these days, too. I haven't gotten around to them yet. <laughs> but um, any closing thoughts before we, we wrap up? Uh, just that, you know, wherever you start in being green is a good place to start. So, you know, in some cases, if you're busy, you're like you're a parent, you have little kids, and you don't have a lot of time, we'll just start with the things that make sense for you and the things that will protect your family the most. So like the things we were talking about, like buy organic uh, groceries when you can afford them, um, buy the organic clothing when you can afford it. Um, you know, things like that, you can just start and see that those are improving your life and then go from there and just keep greening things one step at a time. If people try to go green all at once, uh, sometimes it's a little overwhelming. So, um, you know, whatever works for you. If it's like building a compost bin in your backyard and doing gardening and that's relaxing for you, that's a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. We were just talking earlier in the show about all the ways I go green and they're just all little things, but they add up hopefully. And it, I tell people it's like a menu, pick what you can off the menu and start with that and just keep going. <laughs> absolutely. So again, thank you so much. This has been such an honor. We have, we've been listening to Todd Larson. He's the executive co-director for Green America. So um, tell us your website again. Yeah, it's uh, www.greenamerica.org. And you can find all the things we were talking about tonight on the website. Great, and I, I definitely encourage people to check out that campaign you mentioned about Walmart with the HFCs and the refrigeration among all the other wonderful campaigns you have going on. So again, thank you so much, Todd, for being on the show. So Great, that, thanks for having me. You're welcome. My pleasure, my honor. So, And that brings us to the end of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, learned a lot, and feel inspired to take actions to protect our earth so we can all protect our health. I want to thank my team, our content producer, Tara Marie Cotliar, content strategist, Rose Schipano, administrative assistant, Logan Straussman, and Jessica Chappelle on social media. You can find the Green Inside and Out podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or other platforms where you listen to your podcasts. Please subscribe and give us a review. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please see our website, greeninsideandout.org, where you can also learn more about the work we do. We rely on and appreciate your support. So until next time, Stay green.